This podcast is brought to you by Primary Intelligence, the leader in win-loss analysis, focused on helping businesses uncover the unique story on how each sales rep can win more deals. Hey everyone, and thanks for joining me on another rousing edition of Sales Intelligence Weekly, brought to you by Primary Intelligence. I'm Ryan Queller. Some people say the buyer's journey is changing. In fact, it's changed and it's continuing to change, and which means marketing and sales funnels are changing too. With buyer behavior shifting to self-education and solo research, go-to-market teams are rethinking the buyer's journey. The buyer's journey is not linear. It can be difficult to understand all the touch points that influence your buyer's decision. And you may feel in the dark about what's truly happening in your buyer's journey. In fact, there's a term for these dark touch points, the dark funnel. And today we're going to explore how you can conquer dark funnel marketing and use it to improve win rates and revenue. Exploring the dark side of the moon with me today is Ms. Paula Pollock, fractional CMO and founder at Pollock Marketing Group. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ryan. Glad to be here. Okay, before we get into the conversation, we need to hear about you. Tell us a little bit about you, your background, your experience, and you know why, why we're here today. Well, I came actually through the sales department, which is kind of unusual for marketing. Is I actually, unusual? as they say, carried a quota and uh, rose up, did the president's clubs, all those good things uh, through mostly telecommunications back in the day and uh, rose up through to sales management and listened to my sales people constantly telling me how marketing wasn't providing them good leads and understood you know, their, their dilemma. Uh, then I'd go over to marketing and marketing would say, wait, we don't know, you know what sales wants because they won't communicate with us. And so I actually made the move over to marketing and held positions uh, up through Quest Communications, AT&T, uh, moved over to GE Digital, been part of Walmart Global E-Commerce. So I have a pretty broad experience base between sales and marketing and what big teams are looking for. So the right person. So you are a unicorn. We don't get too many from sale jump salespeople that jump over to marketing. You're right on. What was the draw? Why, why did you go to marketing? Well, I started Ryan in marketing. I actually have a degree in marketing, which is another oddity again. Uh, and uh, I just was seeing so much disconnect between sales and marketing. And it was just constantly a fight. And I was like, wait, there's gotta be a way for the marketing department to get good data, good uh, objection information from sales, and then bring that forth, which is why we're talking today about this dark funnel that is not just, they call it dark funnel marketing, but it could be both, both sales and marketing. 100% agree. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the day, people are doing what they're doing outside of us, right? And so uh, it could be marketing or sales. So let's let's start this conversation by by defining this for our listeners that don't know or maybe not, have never heard of this idea of dark funnel marketing or dark funnel sales, to your point. Uh, define this for us. What is this? Well, I think if you were just to go Google things, you'd find out that it's classified kind of as a broad marketing definition. It's like the awareness marketing, which is hard to measure. That's why they call it dark funnel. 
But the more functional definition is really any communication, conversation that, that helps educate a buyer early in the funnel, even maybe before the funnel, about your industry or product or service in a, in a neutral, non-salesy kind of way where they can bring that information back to the next level to take next steps. So this has changed, right? So we at the top of the show, I mentioned that the, the buyer's journey is changing. It, it's changed. It's continuing to evolve with this digital transformation, the self-education early before they even get in front of a salesperson. You know, what have you seen? What are some of the major changes that you have seen, um, you know, from sales to marketing and, and the buyer's journey um, over the years? What, what's, what has changed and what continues to change that way? Well, unfortunately, I think the hardest thing for salespeople to, to choke down is that the buyers are doing about 95% of their research or good, you know, 80 to 95% of their research before they ever talk to them. And I know salespeople like to think that they are the, you know, the first line, um, you know, come and sign up for a demo. I totally hunted this lead, but most of the bigger buyers are coming fully informed, you know, and they're ready. So they're almost hitting your funnel at the mid to bottom level. So does that mean that the sales interaction is not important? I mean, what? what oh, tell, no, tell no, not at all. If anything, it's become more important and you have to be much more respectful and intuitive of where the buyer is currently in their journey and finding out how much research have they done. Mm. What are some of the obstacles that that this is creating for the buyer? Let's let's not talk about the seller for a second. Let's talk about the buyer. What what are some of the obstacles that this self-education, this this self-exploration online prior to engaging with an expert a uh, seller, um, you know, what what obstacles that does that create for the buyer? Well, this is where the marketing spin comes back in. And, and marketing departments uh, need to present material that can be educational and useful with a very light touch on sales. And that's a hard thing for companies to do because they tend to want to whip right into a product pitch. And that can be very off-putting. So here, if you put yourself in the position of the buyer, you're just trying to gather information. You don't want to uh, give up your email address. You don't want to attend a webinar yet because that's, that's very personal. And you don't want to get on that list where, of course, as soon as you do that, what, what ends up happening in most companies? The salesperson gets it. They put it in their Salesforce CRM. It's like 30, 60, 90. I need to start hitting this guy and you flood their inbox. And then the poor person is overwhelmed while they're still in the early research stages. So that's kind of the dance that goes on that can be bridged by an intuitive marketing department and a really good collaborative environment between product marketing, the awareness marketing, your, your, your content marketing team, and your top salespeople. Okay. So we've talked about some of the obstacles that it could create for uh, buyers and you brought up some other wonderful um, obstacles that it could bring up for sellers. What other obstacles does it bring up or, or challenges does this um, 
self-education, this, this, this digital transformation, what does this bring to the sellers now? You know, what, what issues are they facing? Well, uh, trying to stuff the ego back in the box is the hardest. And I'm just going to say it right out there. <laughs> okay. So love that, right? It, yeah. Yes. Yes to that. The, the hardest thing, if it, when, when I have clients coming to me uh, asking for, for, you know, valuation, a consultation, the first thing I do is look at their website and 90% of them is just chest beating all about us. Lots of product slides. Look at our latest, but if you don't start speaking to your target in a problem solving manner and knowing what their problems are, they've switched you off. They're going to go to the company that's capable of articulating their problem back to them. You know, we all say in sales training, you know, you're supposed to repeat things back to your, your audience to, to create a rapport. Well, marketing needs to do the same thing by creating that digital rapport in repeating the problem back to the client. And when they do, that's the that's going to be the first place they're going to start looking. Because it, there's a sense of um, help, right? It's not yeah. just about selling me the feature functionality on the product. You're helping me make sense of the barrage of information, the sea of data that I have to, to, to navigate somebody is actually trying to help me. Am I hearing you right? Absolutely. And, and no like, and trust is, is a set of terms you hear a lot in, in sales and marketing. And of course, no is awareness. We get tons of that out there. Like, you know, could be just social likes. And of course we all know we can fabricate that. Any good marketing team can make a company look better like than it is. Trust has to be earned. Hardest part, also the most fulfilling for everybody. Absolutely. And that's oh. that's the hardest part. And if you can relate to that person by saying, I get you, I understand your problem. We understand your problem. And thus, here's our solution to that problem. Let us tell you more about it. So, okay, this is an interesting take. So are, is trust the core? Is, is that at the heart of dark funnel marketing it is because you're start you're you're coming at a, a, a prospect in a neutral fashion you're being helpful you're educating um, maybe having a chat maybe connecting with them on, on on slack or at a conference but not driving to a demo trying to get a sales meeting uh, those are the things that that are off-putting and i think everyone as human beings, particularly after you know, all the lockdowns, we've gotten inundated by digital sales and everyone got very good at it because they had to. So now everyone's pushing back and saying, wait a second, I'm going to guard my inbox. I'm going to guard my time. And I'm only going to work with people that I like and trust to take me to that next decision-making step. Okay. I love this. We're cooking with gas. So let's go there. What are some effective dark funnel marketing examples? Well, this is where you have to go into more social. This is the things that you're probably doing in your own spare time anyway. Uh, things like Slack. There are tons of Slack channels out there that are very specific around uh, 
you know, topics, uh, industries, and, and that's a good place where people will start to, to look for answers. Um, Discord, believe it or not, and in uh, various other places where you're hanging out already, you could be in a channel and you don't know that it could be someone who's talking to their executive and they're kind of just fishing for information. But if you're not there, both marketing people and salespeople, this is time you can do, you know, you can do these things on your own time, but you don't need to be funded. You know, it, it may take you 20 minutes a day. You're probably already surfing the internet and doing that anyway. You may as well try to connect a little bit with people there. Yeah. So there's that old adage um, that every salesperson really loves, and that's people buy from people. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes we forget that we are not the only people that people are talking to, right? They're talking to other people in various places. So you've mentioned community communities and groups. You've mentioned social media platforms. Are there any other places that, you know, people can go uh, for, you know, where, where they go for dark market or dark funnel marketing, not dark market, dark funnel. There we go. Right. Well, like I said, there's the communities and groups, uh, the social media platforms, of course, there's also content platforms, you know, uh, Twitch, YouTube, uh, a lot of, you know, people are, are speaking, uh, commenting on various topics there, uh, DMs, word of mouth interactions. I mean, those are so, you know, we used to always say word of mouth marketing, uh, but that's changed now. Now it's text messages and chats. Um, and then of course there's still events. You know, when you have the opportunity to take part in events that are conducted, you know, by your company, whatever that is, maybe that's a meetup group or a VC group or an industry conference, conference, um, industry conference. Uh, you can, you know, you can attend those and be part of that conversation. It helps you build your network and find more people that are searching for solutions to their problem. Okay, so step one, go to where the people are, right? I feel like Little Mermaid right now. I want to be where the people are. So uh, you go where the people are, but what are you actually doing? So when you go to these, these social media platforms, these content platforms, as a seller, what am I looking for? What's my intention of being there? Well, that's, that's the, the key. You kind of have to take the temperature, you know, read the room, if you will, and see, you know, what are other people putting out there? Uh, I mean, I've, I'm on multiple Slack channels and there are some people that are just shameless promoters and, and you kind of get that vibe from them. It's just totally. like, wow, you know, you just kind of like cringe. Oh, there's another post from that person. And then there's the people that are having little chats and saying, hey, does anyone know anyone that does this? Or is there anyone who can help me find X? People tend to ask for a lot of support from other people's networks within these channels. And you can be that nice person and say, yes, yeah, in a matter of fact, I do know someone or my company's having a webinar on that topic. Can I send you the link in DM, you know, or whatever? It, it's just kind of paying attention and waiting for that opportunity that works. You know, it, it's not sales favorite because they can't quantify it. It's not going to be easy and it's going to take a lot of time. So usually 
all three of those things they want to throw out the window. Um, so but, two and three, right? Right, exactly. However, if your sales cycle is already from step one to, you know, step, you know, end contract is say six to nine months, they're going to do about six months of that work before they even talk to you. So you may as well spend some of that time filling your, you know, your funnel, your kind of your relationship funnel with conversations and people. And even if you don't realize that that person is, is ready, you've made that connection. And then when they are ready, trust me, they are going to come back to the people that were helpful. They know that you still got to be there. You still got to be there. The word that you said that just punched me right in the nose was support. People are looking trust, right? Is built through that, that kind of slow burn of support. If you build that credibility that you're there to help support, you're committed to helping answer their questions, not pushing your agenda, but help them feel supported. I mean, I think that's, that's the key to, to building that trust. Isn't it? I mean, Oh, absolutely. And when's the last time recently you have gotten a, an easy experience in a customer support call, even for a consumer product? Mm, that's a yeah. fair question. I don't know. Yeah. See, it's, it's fallen away because that's an area where they're just people, the, the labor market is having trouble, of course, getting people to be customer support reps. And these poor customer support reps are inundated by angry people who have had bad experiences prior. So if you can be that, that person, that light, that helper, um, you know, if your company is putting out blogs that actually help, YouTube videos that help, not promote, um, you know, help people figure out the pre-steps to the problem, it all, it all comes back around. You start to ga gain a reputation of being a company that helps not sells. Powerful. I love that. That is awesome. Okay. So let's get into the difficulties because this sounds like, um, you know, things in the shadows are a little bit more difficult to see. So what is the hardest part of dark funnel marketing? You know, what, what's difficult? Well, there's two key components. One is that you, as I've already mentioned, you actually have to do it and stay consistent. Okay, is so consistency the key from your perspective? I mean, it, 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 why, why I've heard that word now several times consistent. Why, why does that keep coming up? Well, it's, it's a standard problem with marketing uh, and it leads over into this marketing and sales aspect that's kind of sitting in the middle because you can't just turn it on and turn it off. Mm. If you do, I mean, you've, you've wrecked the trust aspect. You know, people trust somebody that they can constantly rely on those reliable companies uh, in consumer products, you probably see them even on, on TV or in your mailbox, you know, the guys that are always available to help service your air conditioning and, and heating. It's the same guys and they're still sending those messages. But when you have a problem, you're going to remember them. That's right. And yeah. so it takes consistency so that you can be there. You know, I think sales likes to use the term top of mind, you know. We want to be top of mind when it's time. Well, the only way you can do that is by consistently working this. And um, a sub part of difficulty to that is finding people within your organization that will consistently do that 
and also maintain kind of the brand message. Usually your, your product marketing managers get very proprietary over the messaging. And they tend to start saying, well, we can't let somebody do that because they won't say it in the voice of our company you know, or our brand. And unfortunately, it's almost better if someone is assigned and just let them do it as best they can and then guide them later as opposed to creating some kind of, uh, uh, I don't know what you'd say, like a, a, a textbook way of saying things online. The talk track, right? The, uh, the talk exactly. Track. It's like, don't, don't put words in their mouth. Let them live. Let them be human. Again, people to people. So I say that's kind of the hardest part from the actual tactical perspective. Um, the next most difficult is getting executive buy-in because executives want to see ROI and metrics. And how do you measure conversations on Slack? That is a wonderful question. <laughs> can, can you help enlighten us? I mean, how do you do that? I mean, at the end of the day, ROI drives the business case, right? So, so business case is the answer for any kind of decision in business. So how do you create business case for dark funnel marketing, dark funnel selling for spending money in areas that like Slack in areas that are hard to measure? What do you do? Well, I kind of like the um, ask for forgiveness after, you know, doing something you're not supposed to. Uh, I knew we were kindred spirits. Yeah, I, I, knew it. I, I knew it. I didn't get to President's Club by doing everything the way my bosses told me to. By the book, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think every single salesperson and sales manager will attest that that's what happens. And uh, they tend not to be too upset with you once you've hit your number. So um, if you can dedicate some of this time and then show, you know, and demonstrate this, you know, of course, most of the time salespeople will say, oh, I just have a great, you know, network. They won't divulge their secrets because they're always afraid of the guy at the next desk sneaking up and stealing, you know, what they've got. You know, it's a team, but it's not. We all know this. So sometimes marketing will come in and fill that gap and can go in between and say, look, we're going to be the voice. Mm -hmm. You know, product marketing can come in and have those conversations and start feeding that. And then when they do have an opportunity of sorts, whether that be someone who says, you know, they'd like to learn a little bit more about our product or a solution in this. Maybe I found them on Slack. Make sure it's promoted at meetings and say, hey, not only did I get this meeting or this conversation or this call, I did it by chit-chatting with them on Slack. You say that a few more times and, and, and name your source, so to speak executives will take no. Now, mind you, you're not going to be able to present this on a chart. Mm. You're not going to be able to say, oh, X amount of hours on Slack generated this much revenue. I mean, it's not quantifiable. You know, this is all just quality conversations, you know, the good old days of sales. So th this, I think, relates to a, a data point that you shared uh, before the call that we were talking about. I think you said something like, was it 95% of buyers aren't buying this month? Is that what you said? Exactly. It actually, it was a, it was a study done, I think, by uh, Gartner did actual data 
points to it. And they said that they broke down all the different activities that a buying team was doing prior to actually talking to a salesperson at a vendor or any, any amount of vendors of choice. And they said that 80% was doing things like researching online, attending events, you know, just everything except talking to sales or going to your website or going and signing up for your webinar and things like they, they don't do that. So all of that is happening well before they've called you. As I mentioned, you know, sales is starting to, they're getting better leads when they get them, but they're further down in the process and they're very well informed. You're not going to get somebody that scratches their head saying, hey, Ryan, you know, I'm thinking about, they're not there. Yes. Okay. You know, this, this actually aligns to some data uh, that, that we've acquired. So at primary intelligence, we do win-loss analysis and we have found in certain industries, well, almost every salesperson would say the same thing. Yes. I want to be as early into the RFP process, process as possible so I can influence even potentially how they write the RFP. Right. And so what you're saying, what in essence you're saying by being you know, Ariel, I, th I think we're onto something, by the way, we need to call it being like the little mermaid going where the people are early, right? Maybe even under the sea. I don't know, because, you know, dark it's out of the way, but long of the short of the whole thing is if you go there early, you're starting to influence in a helping way, supporting in a, in a way that builds trust. That is the thing that they're looking for. So that does not seem like a, a far leap for any kind of savvy sales leader to get behind. I mean, am I understanding you right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can go from being a salesperson to a sales consultant, you know, you're, you're, you're huge. You'll hit your number every month. Okay. So for someone wanting to start, right, wanting to dive into the dark funnel marketing, wh where do they begin? How do they start? I think the best place to begin is actually you start from the end, kind of reverse engineer this. Take a look at the clients you already have, you know, people, maybe you've already just closed, you're working with them, you're onboarding them, you know, now you're having those conversations. If you don't already know, ask them straight out, hey, when you started this process way back when in making this vendor choice, where did you go? Where, where were you getting your information? And find out where those, pla are those platforms, are they linked in? Did they go to their network? And, and really drag it out of them. You know, most of them will say, oh yeah, well, I kind of hunted online. It's like, that's great. Where online? Were you on, did you, do you have a Slack channel you really like? Or, you know, did you Google something? Or did you attend a meeting? What, you know, what, where are your sources of truth coming from? Uh, and then find those, get in those and start participating participating, not selling. I think what you're saying is not participate sellers listening right now. Stop it. Be opposite George, whatever you need to do to be, you know, stop selling when you're in there. Um, what I'm hearing you say, Paula is don't go and sell. That is the worst thing you could do because people have very sensitive BS detectors that now nah, they're, they're not supporting me. They're trying me trying to sell me their wares instead participating means what in your perspective, how do they participate? Participate in the conversations. You don't have to only participate in something that you can can sell to. Help someone. 
uh, provide information, you know, be a voice so that, you know, maybe they're seeing that, that your little icon is popping up in a lot of different conversations and they see that you are that helper, you're involved in this community. I mean, there's a ton of LinkedIn groups. I think they kind of lost their luster uh, in, in a little way because it's gotten very promotional, but there are still some that are having conversations and, and, and still creating that conversation. But there's a lot of other places too. You know, you have to look for those locations where there's a conversation taking place, not just a bunch of, you know, promotion and, and solicitation going on. So, you know, and, and people are leaving those groups in general. So I think you won't have a hard time finding it, but once you get in there, participate, be involved. Love that. Okay. So uh, that, that's, that might be the, for me, the statement that's going to stand out the most today. It's so simple, but I think so powerful. Helping pe people feel supported, building trust comes from that early participation, part of the conversation, helping them make sense. That makes, that, 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 that resonates with me. Okay. So how do we actually align sales and marketing around the dark funnel? Because that, that can create friction and problems internally. How, how do we align these two departments in this area? And you've come from a very unique, this is your unicorn time because you've done both, right? So help, help me here. Well, I think product marketing managers are that bridge to effect, you know, to some effect. They are in both areas a little bit. Yeah. And if they have a good relationship with their sales managers, again, find out what sales is hearing. What are their key objections? You know, we all know that there's X amount of objections that most people are coming with. We'll get out, marketing should get out ahead of that. You know, the best place I think right now, and I advise my clients, is to build out your FAQs on your website. And people tend to use that as kind of like a product FAQ, but you can use it to change the, the conversation early on. This is like you said, getting out, getting early in the process of the RFP. Well, FAQ pages are uh, on Google. You can get an FAQ answer that will pop up on Google if you word it correctly with SEO. So marketing can go out there and pre-answer these questions in the voice of the customer so that say somebody who's early in the stage goes and types in, I need to find information about fixing this part of my, you know, X journey that might trigger enough keywords. And all of a sudden your FAQ page pops up with this answer that's well thought and helpful and non-salesy. And then they say, hmm, let's check out this company. So product marketing can get out ahead of that by kind of dissecting what sales is dealing with and kind of clearing those objections for them in advance. And then as sales finally gets that next step in their journey, maybe that next step after that FAQ, at the, maybe there's like a, something in the board or maybe there's attending a webinar. Uh, we've all talked about uh, personalized marketing journeys, you know, and technology has made it very easy for 
big companies with good automation to do that. So if someone is say asking about getting a solution for, I don't know, I'm gonna say say a cybersecurity solution, all right? They're having trouble with, you know, like uh, egress in and out of their system. Okay, so they ask a very specific question about this. Well, what if you have a YouTube video or a blog post that's on the same topic? That needs to be brought up right then after that person has been on that question. So it either pops up, whether it's a dynamic in your setting, in your sidebar, however your website is built. This automation is here. You just have to think through the, the entire map. I mean, as you can see in my background, I have a giant whiteboard in the back of my office. And sometimes it looks like chaos because I'm trying to map thinking through a customer journey that I don't know. And I'm thinking, what problems did they have first? What problem preceded that problem? What problem then comes after that problem? When we answer this problem, what's the next problem they have? And can we start a content journey for that individual when they're coming through our site? And then of course, then we have to automate that. So it gets very, very complex on the marketing side. It's not just displaying blogs and you know throwing up YouTube videos. There, there's a madness to our madness. Um, but then once that client gets to the point where they're willing to convert, we've fed them all kinds of great stuff. And then we say, hey, we have a webinar or a demo or a live Q&A for our customers. Would you like to join? And then make it easy email, submit, nothing else. Don't ask them for their firstborn, you know, and then get them in the system very delicately. Give them more information, get them to talk. Then you can start to engage them with sales. Now, when it comes to the dark funnel, if that same person is out there, maybe they've also been to an event or a conference or they've been on one of these channels and they're getting the same messages and these same FAQs, they should have links, you know, so that, you know, maybe an anchor link that salespeople can say, I'm on that Slack channel and I'm having that nice conversation and say, hey, I have an answer to your, your question. Let me DM you the link. Well, the link just happens to go to my FAQ answer on my website for my company. Not selling you, didn't ask for your email, just gave you this information, you go have at it. But of course, marketing has got all kinds of breadcrumbs in case you want to take them. And then we kind of bring you around kind of the side door. So there's there's nefarious ways to do these things, but- <laughs> Nefarious, funnel, she says. Our funnel can come in from a lot of different sides. Yeah. So I, I, I love this. Um, and I don't see that as nefarious. In fact, I see this as actually meeting them how they want to be met, meeting buyers in the digital, in the digital transformation, how they want to be met. And that is on their terms, not on yours, on theirs. So that, that there's a, a level of gentleness, like um, respect that you're, that you're extending by, by not just, you know, trying to jam the sales down their throat. It's like, okay, Let's, let's listen to what, oh, you have a need. Let me try and answer that need. Let me try and answer that need. Do you want to, hey, do you want to double click in, right? Eventually, do you want to double click in, but never 
you know, pushing or, or, or coercing into that place. Phenomenal. Okay, so rounding third here, Paula, we always ask this question at the end of, of every podcast, and it's if you could leave, you know, it's the one piece of advice question. So if, if you could leave our listeners with that one piece of advice around anything that we've talked about today or other, uh, specifically uh, around the dark, around dark funnel marketing or sales, what would that be? Well, I think a lot of it is uh, kind of both departments. You know, we've talked about the marketing department. We've talked about the sales department. So I guess for the marketers, I'd say just what we just discussed, figure out, talk with your salespeople and figure out those problems. And don't just do basic persona marketing look further and start thinking about the problems and, and the things that are keeping the client up nights. You know, what's, what's the problem they're having? What's going to keep that customer from doing their job or making their company better? And then start answering those questions in all of your content. Get out in front of it if you can. And, and also participate. There's nothing uh, stopping your social media team from instead of just posting things, get out there and get, get into these, these groups, find these groups. And when you find a good one, either participate, ping sales and say, Hey, I found this great group and they're asking a lot of good questions. You should be in here too. And then sales, my takeaway to sales would be get in there and do it. You're not on the phones all day. We know this. Uh, you know, we know you are killing time online to some degree. Why not kill time in some of these places that your customer could be seeking answers and be that help? You know, and if you're if your boss is saying you should be out there pounding the streets, you know, they're not going to know that you're not doing this. It'll take you 20 minutes a day. It's not People aren't constantly out there chattering. You know, you, you go into a Slack channel, you look in, you see which, which uh, you know, sidebars are lit. Oh, wow, there's some new communication. You click through each one of them, see what the conversations are and say, okay, oh, well, that's interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to comment on that or I'm going to help that person. You know, so it doesn't take you that long. You just have to do it regularly. There's that word again, consistency. Consistency, that's it. yeah. Well, Paula, this has been amazing. Uh, thank you for your thoughtfulness and uh, your straightforwardness, right? So love that. I Look, look it is what it is. People, uh, if, you, if you're going to be killing time, kill it in a way that's high leverage, right? That's going to benefit them rather than just wasting time. Let's, let's do something that's going to be valuable. Thank you for being on the show today. Oh, my pleasure, Ryan. Thanks. It's been fun. And listeners, for more tips on how to increase win rates and elevate your go-to-market strategy, check out the show notes at www.primary-intel.com forward slash podcast. And remember, no deal is out of reach. We'll see you next time.